Ah, yes. Happy Tuesday. A little bit later here on MLB Morning Coffee, but we've got a show for you. Welcome inside the Ocean Avenue studios. My name is Greg Mraz, your host. want to thank everybody that listened to yesterday's episode, along with every episode that we put out. Every listener, every download, anybody that finds this show entertaining, you mean a lot to me. I'm trying to grow this product, and I want to thank you all for being a part of what we do here on MLB Morning Coffee. So, daily grounds time. We got a lot of issues to whip around before we get into the main games of yesterday and giving a preview of today. First thing I want to talk about. So it was leaked last night that Rob Manfred wanted to have fans at the LCS and World Series, which, by the way, now, and I'm glad we waited to record this, is now official. The playoff bubble is now official per what Jeff Passan of ESPN put out about 15 minutes ago. The bracket will be as follows. So on the NL side, the Arlington, Texas Division Series is going to be 1-8 and 4-5. The Houston Series is going to be 3-6 and 2-7. On the AL side, 1-8 and 4-5 will be at Petco Park in San Diego. 3-6 and 2-7 will be at Dodger Stadium. Rob Manfred had leaked the idea of hopefully having fans at the NLCS and the ALCS as well as the World Series. First off, what the flying F are you doing? You don't have a postseason bubble and then put fans in. That makes no sense. You're asking for way too many variables. Rob Manfred, I imagine, was triggered by seeing fans at the Kansas City Chiefs game and the Jacksonville Jaguars game. Again, only two teams of the 32 in the NFL are allowing fans. The NBA and the NHL are going to finish their seasons because they have executed the bubble plans to perfection. Why would you consider having fans? If that's the case, then there is no point in having a bubble, in my opinion. You have officially taken the whole objective of a bubble and completely thrown it out the window. So, Mr. Manfred, stop. Just stop. You are continually incriminating yourself, and I have had just about enough of it. So, Rob Manfred, the fact... I'm not even going to expound upon this idea. It's stupid. You committed to a postseason bubble. It's now official. Get over it. You're not going to have fans, Rob Manfred, just... Get that through your little pea brain. Stop. Just don't even try. Okay? Good. The next topic I want to cover also deals with another Rob Manfred issue. Major League Baseball is supposed to postpone a game when the air quality, or rather the parts per million, gets over 200. We have had an immense amount of bad air from the wildfires on the West Coast. Not just here in California, but in Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Nevada, Montana, parts of Colorado, all across the West Coast and the Big Sky. The Seattle Mariners played their doubleheader yesterday against the Oakland A's with an air quality of 280. Ramon Laureano was wearing an N95 mask in center field. Jesus Lazardo said he could hardly breathe. Jake Diekman said that MLB had done effectively nothing to try and protect their safety. Bob Melvin said that 
there was no consideration by MLB of postponing the games, and he had absolutely no idea why MLB was being so ignorant of the situation. If you looked at any of the photos from T-Mobile Park yesterday, you could see that the air quality was beyond unhealthy. It was 280. Air Now, which is the air quality website put out by the U.S. government, and granted, I don't know how much we can trust the U.S. government at this point, given who's in charge. Sorry, sorry, I know those that don't like me talking politics are going to be like, oh, this is some woke, left-triggered host again. Fine. I'll trust the... AQI from AirNow, the government website. It's at 280. That is into the purple. That is into the very unhealthy category. You should not be doing physical activity when air quality is at 280. I went out and played golf a couple of days ago when it was 220 here in San Francisco. Bad idea. I was coughing the rest of the day. Absolutely horrible idea. Major League Baseball just can't get it right. My goodness, you should have postponed the doubleheader. And look, delay the start of the playoffs if you have to. You have had to delay games because of COVID-19. You can delay games because of air quality issues, which it all falls under the umbrella of health and safety, whether it's COVID-19 or something else. You cannot put your players in danger of suffering serious health consequences. It's that simple. So Major League Baseball, absolute F for not delaying the games yesterday. Rather, I should say postponing them. Final topic, the New York Mets have been sold to billionaire Steve Cohen. And he's going to own 95% of the New York Mets. So I think this was a great move by Major League Baseball to not sell the team to Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez. I think this is more of a, well, who cares who actually owns the team? But Steve Cohen has $14 billion. This guy is worth a lot of money. And I think it was a lot better that A-Rod stays out of the ownership game. Alex Rodriguez would have been a terrible owner. I am convinced of that. But now you've got a guy that's really good with money that is going to own the New York Mets. You'll get it out of the Wilpons' hands. SNY is not apparently part of this deal, but I assume that it's probably going to be a part of the deal or a separate deal by Steve Cohen to make sure he has complete controlling interest of the New York Mets and their television network. Thank goodness it's out of the Wilpons' hands, and thank goodness Alex Rodriguez is not the manager, or rather the owner, of the New York Mets. A-Rod's going to try and buy another team. I imagine that the Tampa Bay Rays might be for sale, A-Rod being from Florida. I think that might be appealing, but I sincerely hope that just given all that we know about Alex Rodriguez, and look, I don't know if Alex Rodriguez is a good guy or a bad guy. I've just seen enough of him to know that that's not a guy I want running a baseball organization, nor is he a guy that I want on my television. Like, I am done with Alex Rodriguez as a Major League Baseball color commentator. Like, that's it. Like, we're done. Like, no more. I've had enough. Just be gone. Just be gone with you, Alex Rodriguez. On that note, let's get into the recaps from yesterday in our Monday Whip Around. There were a significant amount of doubleheaders yesterday. Let's start off in Cincinnati. Game one, Reds over the Pirates, 3-1. to one. Iglesias, the winner, 3-3. Three three. Howard, the loser, 2-2. Two two. 
Reds get the win thanks to a walk-off two-run homer by Tyler Stevenson. Joey Votto hit his eighth homer in the game for the Reds. Colin Moran hit his eighth for the Pirates. Stevenson's homer was the second of his season. In game two, Reds over the Pirates 9-4. Romano the win 1-0. Turley the loss 0-2. Reds at 23-26. Pirates at 14-32. Homers in the game. Brian Goodwin hit his sixth. Joey Votto his ninth. Mike Moustakis his fifth. For Pittsburgh, Josh Bell hit his seventh. Cabrian Hayes hit his second. That was it in regards to the home runs. Worth noting that Cincinnati is trying to get that eighth and final playoff spot. A doubleheader sweep, certainly a good way to do so. A's and the Mariners, as we said, played their doubleheader yesterday amid 280 air quality at T-Mobile Park. Mariners win game one, 6-5. Marco Gonzalez the win. He is 6-2, allowed five runs in six innings. Jesus Lazardo got the start for the A's. He had a no decision. Joaquin Soria with a loss. He is 2-2. Two and two. Mariners took the lead with two runs in the bottom of the sixth inning. A's led 5-4 thanks to a Tim Lopes double to tie the game and a Kyle Lewis bases loaded walk to give the Mariners the lead. By the way, Kyle Lewis, he made an insane home run robbing catch yesterday, I believe in game two of the doubleheader between the A's and the Mariners. It was game one or game two. It was one of the two games. Let's just put it that way. Homers in the games. Luis Torrens hit his first. Jose Marmalejos his sixth. Kyle Lewis his tenth for Seattle. Sean Murphy hit his sixth. Marcus Simeon hit his seventh. Different story in game two. A's shot at the Mariners 9-0. Mike Miner gets his first win of the season and his first in an A's uniform. He is 1-5. He allows just two hits over seven innings, two walks, and eight strikeouts. Yacobonis takes the loss. He is 0-1. He went just an inning and a third. Homers in the game for Oakland, Mark Canna his fourth, and Jake Lamb, recently acquired from the Arizona Diamondbacks, hit his first. A's 30-18, Mariners 22-26. Another doubleheader yesterday was in Milwaukee. Brewers and the Cardinals, they both went to extra innings in both games. So game one, it was an eight-inning final. Again, doubleheaders this year are seven-inning ball games. Brewers over the Cardinals 2-1. It was a 0-0 game going into the top of the eighth inning. Tommy Edmond with an RBI single to make it a 1-0 Cardinal lead. Ryan Braun tied the game with a double to make it 1-1. And then Keston Hiura with a game-winning sack fly. Brewers win 2-1. Freddie Peralta the win 2-1. Ryan Helsley the loss. He is 1-1. By the way, it is worth noting K.K. Kim went seven shutout for St. Louis. Josh Lindblom went five innings of scoreless work for Milwaukee. Game two, it was the Cardinals, 3-2 over the Brewers in nine innings. So this is hilarious, by the way, that Major League Baseball classifies this on their scoreboard system. Whenever it is a final that is not a nine-inning game, it is supposed to say F slash however many innings. It says F slash 9 because the system classifies it as a standard 7-inning game. It is very weird to have a 9-inning ball game that is considered an extra-inning game. That is really weird. I know. I know. Winning pitcher Genesis Cabrera, 4-1 and one for him out of the St. Louis bullpen. Topo with the loss. He is 0-1. Oh Corbin Burns got the start from Milwaukee. He allowed one run in four and two-thirds. He struck out 10. Daniel Ponce de Leon started for St. Louis. He allowed two runs in six innings. He struck out nine. Cardinals had 16 strikeouts in the game. Brewers also 
had 16. So this was a pitcher's duel. The go-ahead run was scored thanks to an RBI single by Paul DeYoung in the top of the ninth inning. Cardinals 21-21, and Brewers 21-25 and as Milwaukee clinging to hopes for that eighth and final playoff spot. The Miami Marlins and Philadelphia Phillies finished off their seven-game series. It was the Phillies dropping the game to the Marlins 6-2. Pablo Lopez gets the win. He is 4-4. Vince Velasquez, the loss, he is 0-1. Lopez goes seven innings of one-run baseball, no walks, and six strikeouts. He allowed just three hits in the game. Homers in the game, Miguel Rojas, his third. Starling Marte hit his fifth. For Philly, Andrew McCutcheon, his seventh. Scott Kingery, his second. Marlins, 24-21. and Phillies, 23-23. and Baltimore crushed Atlanta 14-1. Looks like they were happy to not be playing the Yankees anymore. Jorge Lopez with a win. He is 2-0. He goes seven innings of one-run baseball for Baltimore. Tuki Toussaint takes the loss. He is 0-2. He allows eight runs, five earned in two and two-thirds innings. Homers in the game. For Atlanta, Freddie Freeman hit his 11th. For Baltimore, there were a lot. DJ Stewart, his 7th. Ryan Mountcastle, his 5th. Jose Iglesias, his 1st. Pat Vileka hit his 7th. Braves, 28-20. Orioles, 21-26. White Sox beat the Twins 3-1. Alex Colome picks up his 2nd win out of the White Sox bullpen. The closer is 2-0. Taylor Rogers, the Twins closer, is 1-4. He earns the loss. White Sox score two runs to take a 3-1 lead in the bottom of the eighth inning. Adam Engel with an RBI single. Tim Anderson with an RBI double. There were no homers in this game. White Sox pitching, despite allowing just one run, they issued 10 walks. How in God's name do you only allow one run in a game where you issue 10 walks? White Sox are hashtag changing the game. This was a crucial win for them because they now are a full two games clear of Minnesota for second place in the American League Central. Chicago 31 and 16, Twins 30 and 19. Final game of the night, the battle for the NL West. Padres over the Dodgers 7 to 2. Denilson Lamette with his third win. He is 3 and 1, allows one run on three hits in seven innings, walks two, strikes out 11. Clayton Kershaw with his second loss. He is 5-2. Three runs on five hits and six and a third. No walks and nine strikeouts. Biggest storyline from this game, Trent Grisham hit his ninth homer. Will Myers hit his 13th. Grisham pimped his home run against Clayton Kershaw, which Dave Roberts did not take very kindly to after the game. All I can say is this. You're an effing hypocrite, Dave Roberts. I like Dave Roberts a lot. Max Muncy did the same thing to Madison Bumgarner last year and then was really cocky about it in his post-game interview with Alana Rizzo after that game concluded. So, takes one to no one, Dodgers. I feel no sympathy for you. The Padres are a whole heck of a lot of fun. San Diego 32-17, and Dodgers are 33-15. and The West is getting ever tighter. So let's take a look now at today's ball games, and then we'll go over a couple of standings and some wild card scenarios. We start off in Pittsburgh, 6:40 Eastern start time. Pirates and the Reds. Pirates 14 and 32. Reds 23 and 26. Joe Musgrove for Pittsburgh going four with a 5:40 ERA. Michael Lorenzen's getting the start for Cincinnati, one and one with a 5:23. I assume this has to be an opener situation because Lorenzen is a bullpen guy. 
6.40 Eastern time in Tampa Bay, 17-28 Nationals against the 30-17 Rays. Anibal Sanchez for Washington, 2-4 with a 6.81 ERA. John Curtis for Tampa, 3-0 with a 1.53 ERA. Curtis is an opener. Red Sox at the Marlins, Boston 17-31, Miami 24-21, 6.40 Eastern time. Tanner Houck for Boston making his season debut. Sandy Alcantara for Miami, he is 2-1 with a 3.97. Mets are at the Phillies, 7.05 Eastern time. New York 21-26, Philly 23-23. I think if the Mets win this series, they have a chance to take a stranglehold on one of the two wildcard seeds. Rick Porcello for New York, 1-4 with a 6.07 ERA. Jake Arrieta for Philly, 3-4 with a 5.54 earned run average. Blue Jays at the Yankees tonight, 7.05 Eastern time. A critical series for second place in the American League East. Taiwan Walker for Toronto, 3-2 with a 2.95. Davey Garcia, the young stud for New York, 1-1 with a 3.06 ERA. 7-10 Eastern time in Detroit, 20-28 Royals at the 20-26 Tigers. Jake Junis for Kansas City, 0-1 with a 5-5-7. Matthew Boyd for Detroit, 1-6 with a 7-6-3 earned run average. 7-35 Eastern time in Baltimore, 28-20 Braves at the 21-26 Orioles. Huascar Yanoa for Atlanta, no record of 6-7-5 ERA. Thomas Eshelman for Baltimore, 3-0 with a 3-9-6 earned run average. 6.40 Central Time in Milwaukee, 21-21 Cardinals at the 21-25 Brewers. Jack Flaherty for St. Louis, 3-1 with a 3.08 ERA. Brett Anderson for Milwaukee, 2-3 with a 4.64 earned run average. Down in Houston tonight, it's the Battle of the Lone Star State. 17-30 Rangers at the 23-24 Astros. Kyle Cody for Texas, 0-1 with a .93 ERA. Jose Urquidy for Houston, 0-1 with a 3.72 earned run average. 7-10 Central Time on the south side of Chicago. 30-19 Twins at the 31-16 White Sox. Randy Dobnak for Minnesota, 3-6, or 6-3 I should say with a 3.61 ERA, Dane Dunning 1-0 with a 2.70 ERA for Chicago. 7.15 Central Time at Wrigley Field, 26-21 Indians at the 28-20 Cubs. Carlos Carrasco for Cleveland, 2-4 with a 3.12 earned run average. NL Cy Young favorite, Hugh Darvish for the Cubs, 7-2 with a 1.77 earned run average. 6.40 Mountain Time in Colorado, 30-18 A's at the 21-25 Rockies. Sean Manaya 4-2 with a 4-4-6 earned run average. Antonio Senzatello for Colorado, 3-2 with a 3-6-9 ERA. The battle for the NL West continues in San Diego, 6-10 Pacific time. 33-15 Dodgers at the 32-17 Padres. Tony Gonsolin for LA, 0-1 with a 1-5-7. Zach Davies, Cy Young candidate for San Diego. He is 7-2 with a 2-4-8 earned run average. In Anaheim tonight, 6.40 Pacific time, 17-31 Diamondbacks at the 20-28 and 28 Angels. Madison Bumgarner for Arizona. He is 0-4 with an ERA above 7.5. Julio Tehran for L.A. He is 0-3 with an 8.23 ERA. By the way, just to clarify, I sometimes will mix up often between L.A. and Anaheim because they were the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim and beforehand the Los Angeles Angels. There's, yeah, I know, it's confusing but anyways Giants and Mariners tonight 640 Pacific time I don't know if this game is going to be played if the air quality in Seattle remains at its current level I imagine both teams especially the Giants having had to deal with this a lot over the past week are going to make a big stink about it and they should 
Tyler Anderson for San Francisco. He is 2-3 and three with a 4-5 ERA. LJ Newsom for Seattle. No record at 324 ERA. Giants 23-24. and 24. Mariners 22-26. and 26. That is it for the daily recap. I'm just going to go through and give you what the current wild card scenarios are because I think that that's probably the most important. And at least let's give you a season ended today. Here's what you're going to get if a season ended today. And by the way, shout out to MLB.com or to me for finally noticing this. They actually have a postseason seeds column. So in the American League, White Sox first at 31 and 16, Rays second at 30 and 17. A's are third at 30 and 18. They are first in the American League West. Twins are the four seed at 30 and 19. They are second in the AL Central. They are just a little bit behind the Chicago White Sox. Blue Jays, the five seed at 26 and 20. Astros, the six at 23 and 24. Yankees, the seven. They're 26 and 21. Indians are the eight. They have the same record. Mariners, they are just a game and a half back of the Astros. Okay, maybe the standings is not really as good as I hoped it would be. In the National League, Dodgers in first at 33 and 15, Cubs second 28 and 20, Braves third 28 and 20. Those are your division leaders. Padres are fourth at 32 and 17. They're not going to be caught by the fifth place Marlins who are at 24 and 21. Cardinals are second place in the NL Central. They're the 6th seed at 21 and 21. Phillies currently the 7 at 23 and 23, Giants are the 8 at 23 and 24. Here are your wild cards in the NL, at least the teams that are within striking distance. The Reds are 23-26. and 26. They are the first team out. They are, at least by my math, a game behind the Giants. Brewers 21-25, and 25. so they're one back of San Francisco in the loss column. They're two behind in the win column. Rockies are also 21-25. and 25. Mets are 21-26. and 26. So by the time we talk on Monday, I think we're going to have a little bit more clarity in terms of what this wild card race actually looks like. I am excited that we're headed down the home stretch it is going to be a fun final week and a half of Major League Baseball. Let's get into it. Let's be here for it. And let's treat this like a legitimate season. I know a lot of people think that it's not, but let's just try and excite ourselves and hack like it is. Sound good to you? Sounds good to me. Thanks, everybody, for tuning into this episode of MLB Morning Coffee, a production of the Ocean Avenue Studios here in San Francisco, California. Have a great day, everybody. We'll catch you in the AM, and as always, Black Lives Matter.